0: Good evening, time to get started tonight, this afternoon, we're a little early getting started, but you'll stand with me, a little slim, because half our staff, or half our people are are on the hospitality committee and they're downstairs, but we're going to sing to the Lord, come, now is the time to
1: worship.
2: To be together, I, I kind of feel like the times changed or something. Um, it, it seems like summertime now with all the sunlight coming in and, and everything. Uh, the days are getting longer, but not quite that long just yet. But I'm grateful that we can gather together whenever we choose to be together, and and I'm I'm thankful uh, for uh, this evening uh, service. And uh, we're going to be looking in just a moment at, at something that that really um, you know deals with. Uh, um, the, the times that we live in with, with society, uh, the, the thought of, of um, you know, direction that, that the family needs to take or the home. And, and uh, we're going to be looking at what God's Word has to say about the home and family. And so I've entitled the message tonight, Super Family. And uh, God's Way's Always Super. And on this Super Sunday, um, we're going to be focusing on what God's Word has to say about the family. And so I'm um, looking forward to that. And then, of course, um, following the service here in just a little bit we'll be going downstairs and and enjoying a good chili cook-off time together good fellowship and uh, my house was smelling good uh, this afternoon the crock pot was on and and so I'm excited looking forward to our fellowship uh, time together Uh, what a great service this morning and I just give the Lord praise for his many blessings and how God has blessed these uh, uh, two families that dedicated their babies this morning and and um, we've already got another baby dedication planned for Mother's Day. And, and uh, someone else has reached out, and, and so we're excited about that as well. And it uh, seems like I remember a time when we were saying we need to pray for babies. And uh, thank the Lord for God's blessings. And, um, and so um, I'm grateful for that. Just a great uh, spirit, just a great time together this morning. And, and I pray that, that God will give us fresh manna uh, tonight as we gather together to worship Him. Just like we sang about, now's the time. Now's the time to come together and worship and worship the Lord, the one that calls the sun to be where it's at right now. And He's in control, and He's the great Creator, and He doesn't need us, but He loved us so much that He made a way uh, through Jesus and uh, that we could know Him and we could gather and worship Him. And that's the void that we all have in our hearts is to know God and to worship Him. And anything else we put in that void is not going to do. Only God will satisfy us. So what a privilege it is here on this Sunday afternoon to gather together to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. And I'm glad that you're with us. And I believe the live stream's up and running. Is that right? all right? Great. I know those that, uh, that are watching us online uh, uh, have been missing that. So we welcome you. We're glad that you're back with us and, and got a new router and whatever all that means. I'm glad we have Brian up there to take care of that because I, I wouldn't know where to start. But thank you so much for all that, that uh, you and, and Cindy and, and, and your ministry team do uh, do to to help us get God's Word out online. And so we welcome those of you that are joining us as well. And um, as we shared this morning, let's continue to pray for uh, Mickey Oliver and her family, the passing of her brother and and also her her aunt. Let's please remember them as we pray tonight. Also, uh, I shared with you, I want to remind you about um, the Molly Washington family. Uh, They will be receiving friends at 10 on Wednesday at Dillard's Funeral Home in Pickens, and then the service will follow in their chapel at 11.00. And so let's please remember EJ especially and, uh, and Mark and Joey the boys. Let's, let's remember them as we pray tonight. And, uh, and then please don't forget about the preschool fundraiser, the popcorn fundraiser. Just about every flavor they got is good. Whether it's caramel, uh, whether it's cheddar, uh, they even have um, jalapeno flavor. I mean they got all kind of different flavors and every one of it's good. And uh, this will really help our preschoolers and there's a sign up sheet uh, out there and uh, I- I'm going to get the um, you know, we call it fiddle-faddle, I think, but I'm going to get the caramel with the nuts in it. That's a, that, that always is a winner, and that's, that comes just in time to watch March Madness, too. Um, nothing like that, but, uh, but I just want to remind you about this. This will help our preschool uh, fundraiser, and then don't forget also we have a sign-up sheet for our couple steak dinner on March the 19th. want to continue to remind you about that. $15 a couple, and, and uh, there's a sign-up sheet at the Welcome Center, so we're looking forward to that, having Jeremy Merck, pastor at NARS First, come and speak. He and his wife, Stephanie, will, will be with us. So uh, just remind you about that. I hope you'll come and, and join us. And uh, please don't forget Miss Jessie Smith as well, our shut-in of the week. And uh, let's let's remember her in prayer and also uh, be sure to send her a card. And want to thank Doug and our, our children's ministry for uh, getting all those Valentines out this morning. Just another special touch to a great service this morning. And I really appreciate that so much. And and I'm, I'm thankful for God's love. We think about Valentines and and uh, the greatest love is God's love. It's an everlasting love. And God just doesn't say he loved us, he proved his love, he demonstrated his love. The Lord Jesus Christ willingly died on the cross for our sin. And I was sharing that with our deacons just a few moments ago in our, our, during our devotion time, just reminding us about how God proved his love, that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And I'm grateful for the price that Jesus paid. So that ought to put a smile on your face. When you think about your worth to God, uh, he loves you so much that he died for you, paid the price for your sin, that you might know God and be restored to a right relationship with Jesus. And he's always with you. He's always faithful. And I'm, I'm so thankful for that. And, you know, we talked about this. I was glad to have our students with us Wednesday night. The way things worked out, our students came in and joined us Wednesday night. And um, I'm just reminded in thinking about uh, the personal relationship we have with God through Christ, you know, like the Apostle Paul, if we're close to God, then we, we realize that whatsoever state that we're in, we learn to be content. And be, we're satisfied with Jesus. And nothing else can compare to that. So um, I'm thankful for that tonight. And, and that's why we're here tonight, is uh, because of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we, we get to come together tonight to uh, worship Him. And, and I'm glad that you're here. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. And um, I'm going to ask uh, Dennis, if you would, Dennis, would you lead us to the Lord in prayer tonight? Let's stand together and fellowship together. Tell somebody you're glad to see them tonight.
0: about y'all but I am so glad we get to come to church Sunday nights and just did you something about being with with your family of believers that just makes it easier to go into that work week and and face Lord knows what's coming sometimes we know what's coming sometimes we just need to be prepared for Lord knows what's coming but uh you know just thank him for for the opportunity for the privilege to be able to come into his house our next song is going to be you probably know it it's going to be up on the screen blessed be your name because we're here to praise the lord tonight and the ushers i put y'all a copy wherever whoever's out there so you know exactly where we're going to end so since you don't have a book to follow
2: father indeed we we do say blessed be the name of the lord and lord you do give you do take away we thank you lord we praise you no matter what because you're worthy and lord we thank you for the many blessings god that you pour out on us they're blessings from your hand and right now lord as we have this privilege of giving back to you a portion of what you've blessed us with i pray that you will take and receive it for your glory that the gospel will go forth and that souls will be added to your kingdom lord for your glory we ask in jesus name amen If you have your Bibles, if you'll turn with me to Colossians, we've been uh, going through Colossians on Sunday nights, and uh, and I've I've enjoyed um, our our study together, and and we've been uh, we looking at the new man last week, and and even the week before that, we were we were focusing on the things that we're to put to death, and things that we're to take off. You know, we put to death sinful desires, and and uh, we we take off things like lying and and things that doesn't honor God. And then we put on, you know, the new man. We put on the things that honor God and glorify God. And, uh, and that's something that, that is lived from the inside out. As, as the Holy Spirit in our hearts, as we grow in Christ, uh, what happens is um, God changes us. And we take off some things. and We put on some things. People might say, you know, boy, you, you sure do clean up nice. You know, um, uh, people might say that uh, I've seen a difference in you. Well, for every believer in Christ, that ought to be the case. There ought, there ought to be a change in us. And, and it's because uh, we're not a, you know, a, a renovated person, but we're a new person. The Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. So we're a, a new person in Christ, a new man in Christ. And, and so uh, tonight, we're going to be looking at the family, the Christian home. And uh, what we're focusing on tonight is, is a critical passage of Scripture no matter what generation, every generation witnesses an attack upon the union of husband and wife and the family. And so first we need to acknowledge that Christ and Christ alone is the center of every family. Now remember that's a major theme in Colossians is, is uh, that Christ is our all in all. He's it. There's nowhere else we can turn. Nobody else we can look to. Jesus is our sufficiency. He's it. And um, he's our all in all. He's the very center and And Jesus needs to be the center of every family if it's gonna survive against the attacks that's made against it. It's not enough for one or two members of the family to be obedient to Christ. Every member has to make Christ the center of his or her life. And let's do that tonight. Let's reaffirm that tonight as believers in Christ. Can we say tonight that Jesus is the very center of my life? Can we say that? I pray that we can. And if not, let's make that happen. Perhaps, we need to consider the previous verses that we looked at the last couple of weeks. Maybe for that to be the case, there needs to be some things that we take off, things that don't honor God. Or maybe there's some things that we need to put on, the things that we ought to be doing. And so um, I pray that we could say tonight at the very start here that we, all of us, can say that Jesus is the very center of our life. One disobedient and one unfaithful member of a family dramatically affects the union of family and brings trauma, it brings pain, and often destruction to the family. We've seen that. Our hearts break. We see, you know, how, these, how this happens to families, and, and it breaks our hearts. And definitely the family is under attack today by the evil one. And, and the critical importance of the Christian family is for each one to strive to make Christ the center. I can't help but wonder how different our nation would be. Our country would be if more families would adopt God's design that we're going to be focusing on here tonight. You know, what we're going to be looking at tonight, I remind you, is God's design. This is God's plan. This is God's word. This is God's way. And there would be many in our society today that would label, you know, uh, their thought as progressive because uh, they would disagree with this and they would say that what we're looking at here is archaic and it doesn't work anymore. But I want to say to you that, uh, that God's Word and God's way and God's design is always best. And, in, and instead of, of uh, chunking it aside and trying to be progressive, if you will, the best thing we can do is apply God's way and God's truth and God's design to our hearts and life. And I just, I just want to say this. Uh, anytime that I adapt to society and what society says oftentimes contradicts God's Word, I'm not progressing, I'm digressing. I'm heading in the wrong direction. And, And those that would say that God's Word is out of date, listen, God's Word is more current than today's newspaper. God's Word always is true, and God's Word works. And God will bless when we trust and obey His Word. So let's focus tonight on the family and, and, and let's, let's look at God's design for the family. Now, this passage of Scripture, uh, I, I will go over this, and I'm fixing to meet with my niece and her fiancé here, and we'll be starting marriage counseling. And I always bring uh, this passage of Scripture up because it's God's design for the Christian home. And, and as we look at this tonight, I pray that we'll keep in mind that God knows best as the sovereign creator. And so let's look together tonight at uh, Colossians chapter 3, verses 18 uh, through 21, as as we begin tonight. Follow along as I read. Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting to the Lord, or fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, and do not be bitter toward them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Now uh, first of all I want us to see here that uh, a super family based on God's design it, it, it's, it, it includes a submissive wife and, and, and that's what we find here in verse 18. Christian wives that's what we're talking about here. Christian wives submit yourselves to your own husbands. The Bible doesn't pull any punches when it tells the wife what the Lord expects. God's design, and it's your role as the wife to be submissive to your own husband. Now, the husband's turn comes in a moment, all right? So husbands, if you're punching your wife, your wife's really going to get to punch you here in just a moment. All right, so the husband's turn is coming. But for now, the Lord's will for the wife is to submit to her own husband. And if this doesn't happen, I'm telling you there's going to be confusion. And there's going to be chaos. But when it does happen, it's amazing how smooth the family flows the way that God intends and in a modern society this is strong to to say you know that the wife needs to submit to her own husband in fact it's too strong for many because they reject the idea of women's subjection as archaic outdated and old fashioned and it just doesn't work today but God's word's always true let God be true and every man a liar what we find in God's Word works, always has, and it always will. After all, who, who's more qualified, you know, to, to tell you how a home should function than the very Creator God who made us? God knows. And so um, we have to remember uh, that this is from God's Word, and God's Word is best. Now, some even react in anger and hostility against the Word of God and those who preach God's expectation In the home of a wife's role. But notice again, verse uh, 18 could not be any more clear for the wife's role in the home. Submit to your own husbands as it is is fitting to the Lord. If you're a Christian, then you should desire to obey God's will. If you're not a Christian, then I can understand not applying God's word to your life. You know, you can say, well, I'll go my way. Uh, But that, that submission stuff, that's just not who I am. And the idea with that attitude is, that's for the weak. Oh no, this is not for the weak. This is for the one that is willing to not just submit to their husband, but submit to God's plan uh, for the home. A family flows so much smoothly when the husband is involved and leading in the home because it's God's way. God has ordained specific roles in the home. And so the husband is to take the lead. I love it. When when a when a man will show as much enthusiasm in being the man, the Christian man, the Christian husband that God would have him to be as men are gonna show tonight when they watch the Super Bowl. Imagine if we would put that much enthusiasm toward the things of God. I wanna be who God wants me to be. And as for me in my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. Come on, Christian husbands and, and Christian men, let's be leaders. And and a Christian wife who does not submit probably doesn't understand what God is saying. So she's unwilling to give her life to God and follow His ways. The same is true for a society who rejects God's design. If they only understood what God is saying when His role for a wife in the home is to submit. It's just God's design. So let's understand what God's not saying here In verse 18. A wife is to subject herself to a tyrant. Submit herself to the demands of a husband who acts like a beast. To be a footstool for the husband. Remember, God created Eve out of the side of man. Near his heart. And and so, not to be a footstool uh, for the husband. To serve her husband without restraint. That's not what we're... To be treated inferior to her husband. That's not what we're uh, talking about here. What God means by submission, listen to this, is order and cooperation and relationship and partnership. The way a husband and wife are to walk together throughout life. Everybody of, of people, even when the body is only two people, must have a leader, think about it, who takes the lead in plowing through the wilderness of this world with trials and temptations and difficulties, there needs to be a leader. And when you have two leaders, you got a monster. You got two leaders, you got two heads. You've got a monster, and you've got you've got friction, and it doesn't it doesn't work. But God's role is for the wife to submit to her own husband. If this were the only place in Scripture where we find a, a wife's role in the home as being submissive to her own husband, it would be enough. But the Bible states in Ephesians five twenty two. And in 1 Peter 3, 1, and also here in Colossians 3, that a woman's or a wife's role is to submit to her own husband. So I have two questions in light of this passage. Husbands, are you leading the home? Are you being passive? And see that right there is, is such a problem in many homes today. The husbands are so passive and indifferent. And they're not leading. So husbands, are you leading in the home? being the Christian example, being the Christian leader in the home. But also, wives, are you submitting to your husband's leadership? Talk things over. Communicate with each other. Get involved and become a team as you respect your husband's leadership. I mean, a team. Working together. Communicating together. And that role is for the wife to, to submit to her husband as her husband is leading in the way that, that he should. Now... When a husband doesn't lead, you know, maybe he's even a non-believing husband, then the wife has to assume a role that God hasn't ordained for her. She's stepping up, and she's trying to do the role that the husband is supposed to be doing. And you you talk about difficult, and there's a lot of ladies that's doing that because of a deadbeat husband that's not assuming the leadership in the home as he should. And the family is strongest, though, when the husband and wife, when they're working together. They're a team. They're heading in the right direction. When the husband is actively involved and taking the lead, that's God's way. I know it's hard. It's worth it. God's way is best. So let's submit to God's way tonight. Our kids, our families, they need it. In the home, there needs to be a husband that's leading in a Christ-honoring way and a wife in a Christ-honoring way submitting to the leadership of her own husband. God's design. But also, not only should there be uh, submissive wives for the super family, there also needs to be loving husbands. Notice with me in verse 19. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. So, Christian husband, your role is to love your wife. And we know in in other uh, portions of Scripture, love your wife as Christ loved the church. This command destroys all the opposition To the command of submissiveness given to the wives. Why? Because of the word love. It's not only the affection and feelings, but God's kind of love. Unconditional, agape, a perfect love. God's kind of love looks like this. Selfless and unselfish. Giving and sacrificial. Commitment. A love of the will. Or you love wanting to love your wife. A love that works for the highest good of the wife. Loving your wife. What a, what a, what a, what a, a tall order, husbands, that we're to love our wives in, in such a way, in, in, in a way that, that honors Christ, the way that Christ loves the church. And not be bitter towards them. Any wife who has a husband love her like God does unconditionally will enjoy following the lead of her husband because her husband is not being selfish is not is not being prideful and arrogant but is putting her ahead of himself and loving her with God's unconditional kind of love that will that that they'll enjoy following the lead of a husband like that most husbands they do love their wives. The problem is, a lot of husbands are, are just passive and uninvolved. That's not loving your wife. Get involved. Think about your wife. Be, be unselfish. Love your wife. Don't be passive and let your wife assume your role. It's your, it's your marriage. It's your family. It's your home. It's your kids. Get involved and lead with your wife by your side, and together you're the strongest. That's God's design, and it works. A wife submitting to her own husband, and a husband loving his wife, not being bitter for them. Well, I also want us to see that God's design includes obedient children, a super family. A wife submitting to the leadership of her, of her own husband. And then a husband loving his wife, not being bitter towards his wife. But also obedient children. Look with me in verse 20. Children, obey your parents in some things. <laughs> no, in all things. For this is well-pleasing to the Lord. How many of us want to please God? Well, every one of us ought to raise our hand. I want to please God. Well, kids, children, listen. The Bible says to please God, you need to obey your parents. In all things, so I, I want to begin by stating that a major problem in our day is we have kids making decisions for their parents, and the parents go along and just follow the kids and just give them their way just to keep them happy. Well, that's that's not God's design, and that happens all the time. You just got to keep our kids happy, give them what they want, and and so they're just chasing their kids around, and there's no direction, there's no stability, and the leadership needs to come. From dad and from mom. But what happens is, instead of the kids being obe- obedient to the parents, the parents are being obedient to the kids. What do you want? Baby, I'll be glad to give you that. What, what is it? What is it? What do you want? You know, we just give in, give them their way. Well, parents, let's be honest. You've been around the block a few more times, right? <laughs> You've lived longer and should have more wisdom and experience. Also, you know, kids are fickle. One day it's this, the next day it's that. And uh, and and they are, a lot of times, you know, selfish and immature. That, that we were that way too, you know. And so they need good leadership. They need discipline and, and, and they need to understand consequences and responsibility and, and, and all of that. Those are things that, that we need to be teaching. And so if, if, if they understand that their role is to be obedient, they also need to understand what happens when they're not obedient. But what happens a lot of times is, you know, we we fail our kids because we're letting them lead, and parents are obeying their kids instead of the other way around. Uh, they they're more led by feelings, and, and what they see on the surface. They need you to help guide them to navigate, you know, through things that maybe they can't see or things that they haven't thought of. Maybe you could sit down with them and kind of share your experiences. And what and what you have learned, but they need your leadership more than your friendship. <laughs> Let me say that again: they need your leadership more than your friendship. And we've got too many parents trying to be friends, trying to be trying to be the cool parent instead of being a, a, a parent that is leading. Also, your kids need accountability and discipline and structure and responsibility. That's what they need. What happens is they don't learn that, and they go out into the world and they learn it in An even harder way, accountability. You ever known a parent that maybe maybe they they're very popular, they have connections, and every time their kid gets in trouble, they get them out. You know what I'm talking about? Now, what what about uh, what about the participation trophy that we live in today? Everybody gets a trophy, nobody loses. I was listening to Greg Laurie this week and, and on the radio, and he was talking about how we grow so much during times of suffering. And um, and he's, he was talking about how we don't like to suffer, uh, but but a lot of times there's some valuable... Th- that's when we grow the most. Our faith is strengthened the most during times of suffering. And he said, so uh, so I'll go to my granddaughter's soccer game, and I'll show up, and I'll say, what's the score? Oh, we don't keep the score, because we don't want anybody to lose. And he said, some guy will say, four to two, <laughs> you know, and, um, and so he, he's like, no, we need, to, we need to let them lose. You know, and a lot of times we don't want them to fall and, 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 and hurt themselves. And so we try to prevent and try to prevent. And we have good meaning for that. But what we're teaching them is that uh, something that's unrealistic. You know, life is, is you're going to lose at times. You're going to fall down at times. And there's, there's res- you need to be responsible. Uh, there's consequences for poor choices. But what do we do? They get in trouble and we don't let them have any consequences because I know the sheriff in town. I can get them out of that speeding ticket. You know, or, or I, I'm, I'm big friends with, uh, you know, with, with the, the teacher at school or the administrator at school. And, and so we just kind of sweep it under the rug. You know, we, we think that we're, that we're helping them, but we are hurting them. They need, they need a parent. They don't need a friend. They need to learn accountability and discipline and structure and responsibility. It's amazing how many stories I've heard of parents not holding their kids responsible for their actions and blaming others. And those spoiled brats will end up in jail one day because they never learned about accountability and about consequences and responsibility. And kids, if you have a parent that teaches you these things, it might be tough love. But that's something that, you, you know, think about it. Tough love, accountability, discipline, structure, response. These things are not happening today. I'm just telling you. They're not happening in in many homes today. And if you have a parent that will teach you these things, responsibility and consequences, and teach you structure that's teaching you to work hard and don't expect others to do it for you, that teaches you that sometimes life is tough, and that teaches you these valuable lessons that you need to thank God for your parents and give them a hug and let them know Maybe you don't see it now, but you'll see it one day. So, so kids, it's your role to be obedient to your parents. This verse doesn't say parents should be obedient to their kids. See, we get it backwards. Many times in this society today, we're, we're living life upside down. We get it, we get it all twisted and turned. But parents should work together as you lead your kids. Please get involved, husbands. Don't be passive. Don't just leave it up to your wife to, to handle everything you know, to be the bad person all the time. You step in and be the disciplinarian and um and, and as the Christian husband and, and dad and father be the spiritual leader in the home. It's amazing at times you'll hear you'll hear people say, you know, talk about their about their uh about their kids. I can't get them to do this or that or 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 whatever. And I'm and I'm just thinking, you know, I, I don't understand that. They live in your house. That's your kids. Why do they not honor you? They should honor you and you should be the leader and if they don't, there should be consequences to that and there needs to be tough love. What happens today is we've got so many today that that, that don't know about tough love. It's it's like this, and and Valerie says, all my illustrations are about sports. (laughs) But if there's a coach that's hollering at you, don't pay so much attention to the tone and the volume, but listen to what they're saying. Because they see something in you that they're not getting. And they're trying to pull that out of you. And they care about you. So listen to them. Don't hang your head and say, got my feelings hurt. I'm going to go home. I'm going to quit. I just want to say, my dad's not here tonight. But I remember one year, I had I, I I, my friends. They were going to play football. I was going to play football. About halfway through the season, I wasn't having fun. And so was getting time for practice. And dad... Mark, you got practice, and let's go. I don't want to play anymore. You get your pads and get your butt in that car. <laughs> You're gonna start what you finished, and boy, I hated it. I, I hated him for that. But I learned a valuable lesson about not quitting. You don't always get your way. Things don't always go your way. But you see, that's what happens today. Is these kind of lessons are not being taught. There's no structure, and there's no there's there's no accountability. There's there's no responsibility for for things and. And so this is, this is hurting today. And so, you know, kids, if you've got parents like that, thank God for it. Obey and honor your parents. And then, lastly, tender parents in verse 21. Notice this. Fathers do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Verse 21 addresses father. Why is that? Because the father should be the leader in the home. It's not, and plus the father represents the wife. We're not leaving the wife out. Now, now again, I want you to understand, we're talking about roles here. It's not that the wife is, is not as good as the husband. It's just her role. She's, she's to be submissive to the leader of the home, which is her husband. That's God's role. That's God's design. It, it's like, here we go again. It's, it's Super Bowl Sunday. It's like football. Um, everybody can't be the quarterback. They just can't. Imagine how the chaotic it would be if you got... Is it 11 players on the field? 12, 12 throws a flag, right? You can't have 12. It's 11. So you go running out on the field, and you got 12 quarterbacks. And nobody's going to snap the ball. Nobody's going to block. And there's nobody to hand the ball off to. And nobody, because there's 12 quarterbacks standing there. Think of the chaos. No. Does that mean that the linemen are less important than the quarterback? No. And any, any good quarterback is going to praise his linemen because he knows that without them he couldn't have any, any success. And, and does it mean that the, that, that the receivers or the, or, or the running backs? Are, no, we're talking about roles here. Everybody has a role to play. I think about basketball. And, and, uh, and you, know, you can talk to uh, Coach Dilworth at the high school. And one by one, he can call out his players' name to you and tell you what their role is. And there'll be times they'll go in the game and they'll try to do something that's not their role. He'll jerk them out and remind them, that's not your role. I wonder, are we performing the roles that God has for us? Does God need to pull us on the sideline and say, you know what? That's not your role. So we're talking about roles here. Doesn't mean that one's any less important than the other. But sometimes, and I know my heart breaks for those wives that are having to be the leader in the home. Because that's not even a role that God created for her to do. So we'll, we'll, I want us to pray for that. I know that happens all the time. But the father to be the leader in the home. And that's why in verse 21, fathers are addressed. to not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. It means don't be unreasonable or humiliating or even abusive. It includes the idea of not... Uh, being indifferent or, or passive. We're not just going to let it go, forget about it, hope it gets better. No, we're going to get involved. But when we're, w- the way we handle it is not going to be unreasonable. It's not going to be humiliating. It's going to be what works. And here's the thing. You can't cookie cut how you deal with your kids. How, how you deal with one may not work with the other. It just, it just doesn't. And, and so I won't talk about how coaches relate to their players because I've already given enough sport illustrations tonight. But you can't cookie cut it. You just can't. And so, uh, what what works for our oldest didn't necessarily work for our middle child. And what works for our two boys didn't really work for our daughter. And what works for our daughter didn't work for our boys. I mean, all I could do a lot of times is just give Megan a look or raise my voice to her. And that was the equivalent of wearing Matthew out. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I mean, it worked. And so you think about, and so how do you know how to handle discipline? Discipline is a big issue in the home that causes friction in the home. The husband maybe wants to handle it one way and the wife wants to handle it another, especially with blended families. You know, there's, there's how do you know? Well, you've got to talk about it. Communication. Don't, don't leave it to, to chance, you know, when the, when the, when the emotion's high. You've got to be a team and you've got to talk these things out. And yes, the wife gets a say-so. The husband being the leader doesn't mean the wife doesn't have a say-so. The wife can help the husband, and the husband needs it, believe you me. And so they work together, they communicate, and they deal with it. But the way they deal with it is reasonable and effective and, 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 uh, and not humiliating or even abusive. I've never been a, a fan of time out. But if it works, that's, that's what it's all about, isn't it? If they hate, if they hate that and they don't want to do that, and you put them in time out and they're not, they understand, well, I don't want to do this again. It, it works. The Bible does say, spare the rod and spoil the child. I think my dad, he, he could set an Olympic record on how quick he could get that belt off, you know. And, and it, I'm telling you, it worked. I didn't get too many, now my brother did. I, he just hard-headed, I guess. But he got a lot more spankings than I did. But it didn't take of only getting a few of those things to realize that I didn't want my dad upset at me. And, um, and so, but, but whatever, whatever works. But don't provoke your children, as verse 21 says, lest they become, in other words, what's the point? They're going to be discouraged. It doesn't accomplish anything. Take time to get involved. Ask questions. Empathize with them. Put yourself in their shoes. It's so easy for us to forget what it was like when we were their age. Things that seem so major to us then is major to them now. So empathize with them. Put yourself in, in their shoes. When, uh, when they don't like you very much, uh, you know, be encouraged. You're probably doing it right. <laughs> it just just don't be passive or indifferent. Be there with them and, and, and for them. They are learning. They don't understand. That's why they need you. Nobody else can be for them what you can. When you're talking, be sure to listen. Don't minimize what they're saying because you want them to come to you. You want them to communicate with you. It's so much bigger to them than it is to you. Try to remember what it's like when you were there eight. That's hard for us to do, isn't it? Because in 1985, 86, we didn't have Snapchat. We didn't have Instagram. We didn't have Facebook. Uh, We didn't even have cell phone. Imagine that, students. Can you imagine not having a device, not having a social media account? It's hard for us in some ways, but but in other ways, it's still the same, isn't it? The peer pressures and and, and things and relationships, and, 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 and I'll tell you, the need to have dad leading the home and a mom to be there to wrap her arm around that son or daughter when dad has to deal with something, it, it just works, and they need that. Nobody else can do it, and that's what's missing today. Don't misunderstand me. Being tender doesn't mean caving and giving them whatever they want all the time and always letting them have their way. It doesn't mean giving them more stuff just to pacify them. They really want you and your time more than they want your stuff. This is hard. It requires you to get involved. It requires sometimes turning the ball game off, but it requires getting involved. And a lot of times, the husband we come home from work and we're winding it down, but the wife is wanting to engage. So instead of winding it down, we got to be intentional and make time to listen to our wife and actually ask her how her day went, and spend time and communicate with your kids and find out what's going on. Go through their cell phone, their social media. That's right. You pay. You pay for the phone, don't you? You pay for. Listen. And even if you don't, if they live in your house, listen, this, we need to get involved. We've got to know what they're dealing with. They really want you and your time. And you know what i found? Sometimes kids really want to be disciplined. They really do. That lets them know that dad cares. Mom cares enough for them. The best way to handle your kids is together as dad and mom, working together, relying on each other, staying true, be your game plan, but that you've communicated and discussed, and of course, in a in a tender way, you can be firm, and yet do it in a in a tender way. Kids, give your mom and dad understand that God gave them to you to provide, to care for you, to protect you, to teach you, even those tough lessons. And dads and moms, God gave you each other to help you to help each other in your home don't be passive don't be the long ranger work together and i know as i've already mentioned there's situations where moms are forced to lead alone either because of an absent husband or a passive husband or vice versa the good news there's grace and there's strength from god himself god will help god will bless God is faithful. He'll help you every step of the way. So be sure to pray and, and seek the Lord. And like I shared this morning, it takes a village. I mean, I, I see um, a lot sometimes on Wednesday nights, I'll see youth riding with somebody else to church. You know, obviously they've, there's been things worked out with parents and, they, and, and whatever works, whatever gets them here, right? I mean, it takes a village. And, um, and so don't isolate. You know, uh, let, let's help each other and encourage each other. Parents, here's the most powerful thing you can teach your kid, pray. Does your kid see you pray about stuff, the hard things, the difficult things, when you need wisdom to make the right decision? Pray. And then as you model that, that'll influence them that when it comes to matters of relationship, when it comes to to the matters of where to go to college and and, and all of dating and all this stuff, they'll realize the value of prayer because they've seen it in mom and dad. Let them see you as parents praying for them and for whatever comes up in life. Let them hear you brag on the Lord and the difference that prayer makes in your home and in your life. When they leave your home learning to trust God and pray, they will leave in the most powerful way. Super family. God's plan. God's design. And I wonder, would husbands and wives take the lead and lift up your family to the Lord commit our marriage, commit our home commit our kids to the Lord, even tonight you might say, Pastor, we've already done that well, refresh that commitment do it again, look to the Lord tonight, His design is best, oh how we need the Lord in our homes, in our churches and in our nation God's design is best, Heavenly Father we come before you tonight and I thank you for your design you've not made it a secret or a mystery to us you've made it clear your role and and I know Lord that in a lost world it doesn't make any sense because they don't have the power of God because they don't know you but Lord those of us that are believers we have the Holy Spirit of God within our hearts to help us and guide us and empower us give us strength and wisdom and Lord the family is under attack like it's never been under attack before the traditional family so many today think that it's progress to go away from your design. But Lord, your way's best. And help each and every one of us, Lord Jesus, tonight to commit to the role that you have ordained for us. And I pray for those, Lord, that they're single parents and, and uh, they're having to assume more of the role, Lord, than, than, than you have ordained. But Lord, with you all things are possible. But we pray for them tonight. We ask for your help and for your strength. And Lord, I pray that, I pray for those grandparents, Lord, that are are assuming the role as as parents because of various situations. I pray that you'll give them strength and wisdom and help, dear God. I pray for our homes, Lord, that represent our church here at Liberty First. I pray for the home. Give us good Christian homes, dear God. I pray for the marriages of of our couples here at Liberty First, God, that you'll put a hedge protection and let no outside force in any way affect the marriages and I pray that our marriages will be enhanced. God that we'll want your design. Husbands will lead in the homes and, and wives would be submissive to their own husband's leadership. Lord that kids would obey their moms and their dads. God that parents would discipline and lead in a tender way. Lord have your way and will tonight. We pray for our home. We pray for the families tonight. And I pray that Lord that we'll, we'll come to this altar tonight and commit to you fresh and in you in Jesus name. Amen. What a great hymn of of invitation. Why do we do this? Why do we apply God's way to our life? It's worship. I worship you, Almighty God. I believe in you and your way, and I apply it to my life. Would you do that tonight? Would you stand together as Donna leads us? And I encourage you to come. The altar is open. Would you come tonight? Commit to the Lord, however He leads. every head bowed and every eye closed right now let's just reaffirm in our own hearts and lives you know there's a role for each of us to play the role that God has given us in his word are we performing those roles doing all for the glory of God as an act of worship Lord I want to obey you and your word because you're worthy and I worship you because I love you and I want your way let's commit tonight as God leads well thank you so much for uh, being here with us tonight and it really does feel like springtime still having sunlight at the end of the service but um, but I'm grateful uh, for you being here thank you for those of you that's joined us online and and um I just uh, want to ask the Lord to uh, uh, bless the food as, as we go down and have a good time of fellowship together. And, um, and thank you again. I pray you have a wonderful week. And, and looking forward to Wednesday night, uh, 7 o'clock, being together uh, for prayer meeting. Our youth and kids will be meeting. And uh, looking forward uh, to that. Hope you have a great week. But let's, let's pray and let's ask God to bless the food. Heavenly Father, oh, Lord, we thank you for who you are. God, you've given us your word. You've given us your design and your, your way. And I pray that we'd not argue with you, but Lord, uh, we would just submit and obey you and trust in you. Lord, to be who you would have us to be. Not what the world says, but who you would have us to be. And I ask, Lord, that uh, that you will bless the food. We thank you for the hands that's prepared it. And give us a good time of fellowship. Dear Lord, we ask in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. God bless.